on the Mangum Talks podcast channel, this is Mangum Talks Hoops, with uh, myself, Lee. I am also the co-host of the GOT Got Questions podcast, and I'm here with my amigo, my buddy, my pal, the best man at my wedding, Levi Baxter. Levi, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you doing, man? I am doing great. So this is a new podcast on the Mangum Talks podcast channel, where we talk all things basketball. Uh, we've been promising it for a long time. We call it the NBA pod, the Hoops pod, whatever you call it. Uh, but we're here, and it's me and Levi. We're going to talk the NBA, and it's a good time to talk the NBA, Levi, because the NBA just started last week. How are you liking the new season? I'm liking it a lot, man. It's, I mean, th- things are exciting. People are getting their ass kicked, and uh, we're off to the races. <laughs> yes, we are. So let's get going. Um, first thing I want to point out about the new season, Levi, what the hell is happening with the over? I mean... <laughs> They're scoring a lot of points. I think defense is dead, man. I think uh, we're we're long long since removed of the uh, '90s basketball that we grew up consuming and loving. There are no 75, 77 games right now. It's it's fantastic. It's great for fantasy. Get big numbers, big yeah. numbers in fantasy. Yeah, I mean, I mean <laughs> it's ridiculous. I mean. It, I mean, you're seeing like 140, 150 games on the regular. I mean, the league is clearly changing. Uh, the three ball is a big deal. Like you say, the defense is not a priority anymore. Of course, there's no hand checks. Uh, it's just a different game. I'm enjoying it, but uh, I'm having to kind of adjust to it. It definitely makes sort of 30-point games, 40-point games, 50-point games a little bit more uneventful. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think it's a logical conclusion of the three ball revolution. Three is greater than one. If you shoot, um, you know, greater than 30, 33% on, on a three ball, you're, you're, you're doing pretty good. So I think things will settle down in, in, a, in a fair bit. People are sort of hyped, ready to go. Nagging injuries will catch up. But it is pretty incredible to watch. And I'm sure people are making money on the overs in, in Vegas and, and offshore. I know. I'm kicking myself for not betting, like, every over at the start of the season. Like, <laughs> it seems like it was right there for us, but we didn't do it. Um, speaking of uh, 30, 40, 50-point games, uh, so far we've had two 50-point games, Levi. Can you name the two people who have had them? Is it Zach Levine and Steph Curry? Blake Griffin. What was Zach Levine at? I think he, I think he was like in the 40s. Can you look it up real quick? Yeah, I can look it up. Um, he's actually on my fantasy team, so it'll be relatively fixed. Straightforward. No, Blake Griffin did, and so did Steph. Steph had one last night, and it was like an all-time Steph game. Like he was just throwing up heat checks from like four feet behind the three-point line. At one point, he hit one, and he just looked at his bench and shrugged. He did the Michael Jordan shrug game. Yeah, I saw that. I saw earlier the video of that recap. Um, we're on the we're on the East Coast, so watching West Coast games is a little bit difficult. Yeah, Zach Levine. He hasn't had a, a over thirty-four point game. But every game's been in the 30s, 32, 34, 33, 30. Um, so I was just conflating his sort of burning, burning hot start uh, that's doing well for my fantasy team and uh, the other ones. Uh, but, yeah, I actually saw a graphic uh, online of his shot chart from last night. Um, someone said, hey, you have to start guarding him from here, and they circled the logo where he was two for four. 50% from the logo. Uh, that's sort of hard to defend against. from the logo? 
That's pretty yeah. good. You know, and, and I don't know if you saw the highlights from Steph's game last night, but he hit one where he literally was in full stride running up the court, and he hit it, and he almost fell down because he was so off balance. And then he just threw up the three, you know, on each hand, the three balls, and the damn Oracle Arena went bananas. And, like, look, I don't really like San Francisco. I don't like Oakland. I don't like California, to be honest with you. But I was so <laughs> jealous of being in that arena because they were so fired up, and he was hitting everything. It was just really fun to watch. Yeah, I'm definitely with you. I'm definitely jealous of the experience they get to have because nothing is more exciting than a big dagger three or at least a big three. Um, we can sort of go back to our, our experience at UNC and watching games in the Dean Dome, um, but it's it's so exciting. And someone who's hot, who's just heat-checking himself and feeling himself, yeah, that's a crazy experience. Like Lynn Sanity, yeah, but, but like regular. Yeah, and Steph is the all-time guy for that, right? Like he, he's the ultimate heat-check guy. He's what Dion Waiters wishes he was. <laughs> Dion Waiters. Uh, he still thinks he's awesome. Who knows, man? Okay. <laughs> but I do want to point out before we get in, I got some uh, topics for us uh, for this inaugural episode of Mangum Talks Hoops. Uh, but I do want to talk about Blake Griffin. Uh, Blake is balling right now. And Blake has been saying for the past few seasons, hey, guys, I'm not healthy. Mike, I know I'm not playing that great, but – it's because I'm not healthy, and he has been saying all summer that he's now healthy. He was able to get a full summer uh, workout in, I guess, healthy. And I, I think he was telling the truth. I mean, Blake is fucking balling right now, man. He is balling. Um, I don't have the exact stats up, um, but he also balled a bit when he first got traded to Detroit. Uh, so I don't know quite how to parse that right. Um, he's clearly doing well. Uh, hopefully he can keep it up because otherwise Detroit is looking like abysmal. The roster is not exactly that that stellar. Um, so if he can keep it up, that'd be exciting. Uh, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either, but I've, I've been impressed with him early on. Okay, let's get into uh, our topics. Uh, this is early season NBA, just some of the, uh, the early storylines. Obviously, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about the Lakers. Leva, what's your take on this Laker team? Uh, they can't play defense. And uh, there has to be some consequences for LeBron James pulling off Chris Paul rather than, than going to help up his teammate when there's a, a kerfuffle out there on the floor. <laughs> yeah, so for those that – I mean, obviously, if you're listening to this, you're probably an NBA fan. But for those who didn't see it, there was a fight. Uh, it started with Brandon Ingram uh, of the Lakers pushing Chris Paul. They got into it. Uh, Rondo came over and – it, you know, hot take. I'm not sure <laughs> what happened here, but some folks seem to think that Rondo sit on Chris Paul. Uh, it's a little bit unclear about the tape, but either way, when he did it, uh, Chris Paul put his hand in Rondo's face, and Rondo connected with a a left, which <laughs> props to Rondo because he really did connect with it. He went for a right, he missed that. Uh, Chris Paul came in, they threw punches. There's suspensions all around, but to Levi's point, when this whole thing broke out. Uh, you know, uh, rep up banana boat, uh, <laughs> LeBron went over to pull Chris Paul off as opposed to dealing with his teammates, which is a little bit weird. It's a little bit weird in one way. I mean, he was also closer to Chris Paul um, is my memory of the video. Now, I will say your little uh, conspiracy theory, Terry over there, um, who doesn't believe that his actual incontrovertible truth um, 
or evidence of, of razor run and spitting, there's a reverse angle out there that's it's perfect. It's beautiful. It's slowed down. Um, it's it's pretty clear. It's that's what happened. He spit. It's not mellow. Uh, there's no third shooter. This isn't JFK. Um, <laughs> All right. So your your hot take here is that Rondo absolutely spit on Chris Paul. It's not debatable. Uh, it's not really a hot take. I mean, it's just the, that is the truth of the world. Um, I don't really think that's a hot take. I mean, the hot take for me for the Lakers is really. Um, their vets aren't living up to really expectations, and you'd hope that they'd be be able to perform. Rondo had a great year last year with uh, New Orleans. I or at least the like end him. of the season, he was pretty terrible at the beginning of the season. That is true. Um, and to put things out on the table, um, I'm a Dallas Mavericks fan, so I definitely hold, hold grudges against Rondo for his, his <laughs> stint in Dallas. Uh, but he was he, he was wants playing to call well. the plays, Levi. He wants to call the plays. I get it, but you don't quit on the team in the playoffs. Um, so I think their vets just aren't living up to expectation and their young guns, they need to get more playing time. I mean, they've, they've got a great young core. It's, it's sort of surprising they're able to do that. The Lakers franchise isn't exactly known to be the most efficient, most savvy franchise out there, but I mean, they've got Kuzma, um, Lonzo Ball. They've got, they've got studs Ingram. Um, they've heart. They've drafted well heart. Yeah. Um, they've, they've drafted extremely well. So, Get those guys playing time. Um, I think they're enjoying the up-tempo way. That's the only way they're going to win games. You can't slow things down and actually stop players. So uh, how about you? What are your thoughts on the herd? Well, I mean, this is way too early, but, like, I'm not liking what I'm seeing at Alonzo Ball. Uh, he does not look like he's very comfortable. Um, and he comes in, he's obviously right now backing up Rajon Rondo. And he looks exactly the same as he did last year. Whereas when I look at Ingram, I look at Kuzma, it looks like those guys took a leap. Um, Kuzma especially. I mean, Kuzma looks really good. But Ball looks like he's just kind of going through the motions, man. I, 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 I'm a little worried about Lonzo Ball. Yeah, I'm a little concerned too. Um, I definitely enjoy a sort of pass-first point guard. I think it makes the game exciting. Uh, so I want him to do well. But, yeah, it's, he's not – He's not taking a next step, and no. he's not shown a great proclivity for actually having a jump shot, which is absolutely going to be needed. So, Yeah, and, you know, for me, it's like everybody, like, uh, the, the big um, and like positive on Lonzo is, like, he gets the ball out of his hands quick, right? Like, he's, he's one of these guys that, like, gets the ball, you know, after a rebound, he fires it up court. That's great. It, it plays for good up-tempo basketball, but, like, he also looks like he's a guy who's not comfortable with the ball in his hands ever. In the half court, you got to be, especially if you're going to be a backup point guard or, or a starting point guard. So, a uh, little concerned about Lonzo. Uh, I'm a little concerned that the the primary big guy they have is Javale McGee. I'm like, come on, man, that's that's your starting center. Yeah, who would have thunk it that uh, a Washington Washington uh, alum of of the Gilbert Arenas era would be the main linchpin of a Lakers team? <laughs> Um, that's, that's, that's not, not the greatest look in the world. Um, to your point though, with Lonzo, I think a, a good comparison, uh, and this may be because I'm a Mavs fan, but it's someone like Luca, right? At least through a couple of games, small sample size and all. Um, he, he does feel a lot, seem a lot more comfortable with the ball. He's also played pro for a couple of years versus Lonzo, but he, he seems comfortable with the ball. Um, his shooting needs work, but he's comfortable taking the shot. He's also comfortable just driving and seeing what happens. Um, there's a, 
there's a sort of fluidity and openness to the game that, that I, I think Lonzo is struggling with, which hopefully he'll, he'll overcome. But right now, it's, it's not looking great. Yeah, man, right there with you. I mean, the, the problem is he doesn't seem comfortable with the ball in his hand. He doesn't seem comfortable with the jump shot. And I like your uh, your, your referencing the Dallas Mavericks because that is a good segue to our next topic because you are a big Dallas Mavericks fan. Would you like to tell everybody why you're a big Dallas Mavericks fan? Interesting story, interesting story. So my close friends know um, I'm a big fan of the NBA, so historically growing up. I was a fan of Michael Jordan, like all kids were. I, I still, to this day, have over 200 Michael Jordan uh, basketball cards. I was a big fan, big fan of Shaq. Uh, but I was a fan of the, the Charlotte Hornets, the old school Hornets, Muggsy Bogues, Larry Johnson, Lonzo Mourning. Um, then they moved away. I think it was, if my memory serves me, and correct me and jump in, but I think it was 2001 or two. Um, 2001. And uh, when NBA Live 2003 came out, uh, I was looking for a team to play with. I didn't want to play with the Lakers or, you know, play with the team. I wanted to play with the OK team, right? Um, that's the fun of, of playing sports games, not just dominating all the time, but we're working for Right, because you were playing me, and I was really good. Eh, I don't know about that. Um, <laughs> but I uh, stumbled upon the Dallas Mavericks, and I really enjoyed them. Um, Devin George was on the team, and he was actually a surprisingly good three-point shooter. Devin George? Um, Michael Finley, uh, of course, Dirty Dirk. Um and I just sort of enjoyed the play style uh, of the team there and just sort of liked them. And I really liked Dirk in the game. He, he was amazing, amazing, versatile, for, especially for the era. Um, in the early 2000s, there's nothing like him. Um, but I became a fan of the Dallas Mavericks, followed him, followed him up to playing in the finals against the Heat. I still hold a grudge against Dwayne Wade for the uh, litany foul calls that he got called on. <laughs> that was a robbery. I mean, for real, that was a robbery. As I grow older, I get it, um, but it still is rough. It's, it, it doesn't seem quite right. Um, I'm not going to go full conspiracy, but it seems rough. Uh, but I've been a fan to them, and then, of course, through the, the title against the Heat when they were the Ooh. sort of people's champ, America's champ. Um, it was yes, amazing sir. to be in sports bars watching the game and everyone rooting for him. Everyone hated LeBron. And uh, – they had a few lean years there. They traded with the team and, and went in different directions. Got Harrison Barnes, UNC alum, which I think both of us had the same reaction of him at UNC of a lot of talent. Yeah. Very inconsistent. Like yeah. He he can have amazing plays here or there, but then he can go, you know, halves in, in, at the college level, uh, functionally quarters where you didn't notice he was on the, on the floor. Um, mm-hmm. So, that was a sort of ho-hum signing, but now we have Luka Doncic. We have the return of DeAndre. Luka! As a side note, um, I think it's pronounced Doncic. I've been very confident to my girlfriend about that it's Doncic, um, and she just gave up and said, oh, it's Lukey D. Uh, <laughs> sound like Bill Simmons just giving up. Yeah, no, I, it's Luka Doncic, right? Doncic. I think that's what it is. But it's interesting that, like, the reason I wanted you to tell that story is it's fucking hilarious to me that, like, I mean, and by the way, everybody, like, Levi is all in on the maps. He's he's a real fan. Like, it's not not bullshitting. And he likes them because he played with them on NBA Live, like, 12 years ago. Like, (laughs) it's a pretty good story. But, yeah, no, this Mavs team is really interesting to me. And this is not me, like, reverse jinxing. 
This is not me uh, trying to get in your head, Levi, but I like this Mavs team an awful lot. I like Dennis Smith Jr. I think he's a he's a baller. He's a scorer. Uh, he's above the rim guy. Uh, Luca is. I mean, Luca might be like a like a perennial Hall of Famer. I mean, he's 19 years old. He's out there scoring 26 and five right now, uh, crushing it. Uh, like as you mentioned before, when we were talking about Lonzo, he Luca is actually comfortable with the ball in his hands. He is a good shooter. I, I, I see people giving him shit about his shot, but he, I mean, he's a he's a good shooter. He's a comfortable shooter. Uh, I like that DeAndre Jordan's on that team. I think Harrison Barnes is a little bit underrated. Uh, I like your Dallas Mavs. I like them. Levi, do you think the Mavs make the playoffs? I can't go that far, but I can say that it's been very fun. Um, I've sort of rediscovered the joy of watching the Mavericks recently. Um, there's this, there's a play that I recall very distinctly watching them play against the, the Timberwolves. Um, Dennis Smith Jr. drives in, a uh, little bit of a push off, uh, but sinks the jumper. It's fouled. Um, <laughs> it was it, it was an actual foul. You can't you can't jump in, into a jump shooter's space. Um, they have to be able to cleanly land. Um, but the thing that actually got me about that whole play. I mean, Shot's great. The plays plays pretty good. Um, is the reaction of Wesley Matthews just running up, being super hyped, and just sort of slapping um, Dennis Smith Jr.'s uh, chest? Like there's clearly camaraderie and in, in, in chemistry there. People are excited for each other, um, which is a joy to see. Uh, we don't watch sports for people to sort of programmatically and robotically go through the plays. Uh, this isn't. Uh, ooh, ooh, ooh! A hit on Kawhi. Uh, I would actually gonna do it. Say it's going to be a hit against the like, New England Patriots of football, which I don't really follow, but I've never gotten a sense of joy out of them. Um, but yeah, Kawhi, Kawhi would, for an NBA comparison, he he would be there. Um, he doesn't show a lot of joy, which is hard to make it uh, enjoyable. He's obviously very talented, um, but I'm not going so far as to say that they really should be in the playoffs. Uh, who can really tell? Because I I, I really personally. I personally think that the uh, the Nuggets aren't going to be as good as people think, but they're coming what? off a strong the start. The Nuggets are good. Jokic. Uh, I like him a lot. Um, I like stat stuffers. If you, if you fill all categories, if you get close to a 5x5, five five, you're amazing in my book. But not a big fan. What about you? What, what well, you I would like to up? back up. I'd like to back up to the point you made. Were you talking about how Wesley Matthews ran up and he was like excited with Dennis Smith Jr.? And when you were saying that sentence, you were like, Wesley Matthews ran up and. And the thing I knew you weren't going to say is Wesley, Wesley Matthews jumped. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Because, uh, uh, look, I, I respect Wesley, Wesley Matthews, but he's got the vertical that I do right now. I don't know what happened after his knee blew out, but that – that dude cannot jump, uh, and it, it's affected shot. It's affect, affected his ball handling. Like you, your Mavs are paying him a lot of money, but man, he he's not the same guy. Uh, absolutely, a a rough contract. I think it's perfectly fine on the current team as constructed. Um, but to your point, his shot is is rough. Um, it's he he's he's definitely a different player than than he was before the injury, and it's it's. It's looking rough, but he's finding a service away just to score points. He's not super efficient about it. Um, nope. But he's, he's still an okay defender. He doesn't quite have the lateral speed that he used to. Um, but, yes, he he absolutely is not jumping. Um, <laughs> that's not what he's going to be known for. <laughs> but we have Dennis Smith Jr. for that, so there's no need to worry about it. Uh, we've got our Dennis doctor. Jr. 
Dennis Smith Jr. Right. A couple things I know about Dennis Smith Jr. One is he got a duffel bag full of cash to go to NC State, and two, he can jump out the gym. Uh, both of those are true. Uh, and we are learning day by day of how how, how dirty uh, college is. Not if, no, we didn't know all. Not UNC. Not UNC. Uh, nope. Nope. Let's be clear about this. Not UNC. The uh, if you do get listeners, the UNC State fans are just just seething right now. They're seething. <laughs> they're they're on message boards. They're on the local news sites. They're seething at that that claim there. No, um, no, nope, nope, nope. UNC basketball program completely fine. Our, our scandal, academic scandal, not an athletic scandal. Very clear. NCAA made that clear. Okay, on to your point about the Denver Nuggets. I like the Denver Nuggets. I'm not quite as far as like Barkley is. Like I was watching inside the NBA on the, I think opening night, and Barkley was like all in on the Nuggets. Like he thought they were going to be like a five seed, which sounds crazy to me. But I do think the Nuggets are going to be good. And that leads into uh, the next topic I wanted to talk about, which is Levi. Who's bad in the West? Who's bad in the West? Uh, do we I mean, mean the West? It's not as top heavy than in recent, uh, you know, maybe like lasting years. But it's super deep. I just don't know of a really bad team in the West. I mean, I've, I've, I've got standings now. Um, so we've got the Denver Nuggets, the four zero, Pelicans, Warriors, Blazers, Grizzlies, Spurs, Jazz, Clippers, Mavericks. You've not named a bad team. Kings. I don't know, man. I mean, the Kings, I, I was, you know, I, I know like the, you know, <laughs> traditional uh, sort of thing is that the Kings suck. I mean, the Kings have stuck for, sucked forever, but like they've got some pieces. Um, that they do. To wrap this up, we have the Wolves, Rockets, Lakers, Suns, and Thunder. Um, the Thunders looking, are looking rough. Yeah, we, we all think that they will will sort of rediscover some 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 fury and and, and come back. Um, to your point, I mean the Suns, they're a joke of a franchise in terms of their owner and their their front office, but the team looks okay. I mean, yeah. they've got they've got some talent. Um, who knows with the Kings? I think they're going to be show show flashes of some actual growth. I think they've finally gotten some half decent players in there. Um, and hopefully Vladi doesn't uh, screw that up. <laughs> While well, he's smoking cigarettes in the front office. No, man, like <laughs> – and DeAndre Aiden, by the way, can we just talk about him for a second? Because I watched him playing in Arizona last year. I was not a believer, but that guy can ball. And he can ball face up to the basket for a seven-footer, which I did not expect. Like, I'm uh, – in preseason – and early games, I'm now a DeAndre Aiden uh, disciple. Like I, I'm totally all in on him. To get behind the scenes here, we actually did a a, a preview of the season, which which uh, we failed to record properly, um, <laughs> in, in which we were both on record, uh, you know, b- basically wanting to short DeAndre Aiden stock. Um, and I'm glad it wasn't recorded because there's no audio evidence of us being quite that wrong, uh, because he, he he's looking good. Um, there's a fluidity to his game. There's sort of a comfort out there. And I've used that in a sort of description before. But he just seems to know what he's doing. Um, and hopefully he can keep that up because he will hit a wall. Uh, he'll he'll play more than 30 games in a season and suddenly get a little tired uh, because that happens. Uh, All rookies do that, yeah. I mean, last year he was eating you know, Chick-fil-A and you know, Guzzly Mountain Dew uh, and barely going to class. Um, now he's got to be a professional. Um, but, I mean, yeah, 
the West is definitely stocked. E- even the teams with bad records right now, um, they've got some, some, some flashes of brilliance uh, as opposed to the East, which uh, it's, it's keeping its trend of having subpar teams. Yeah, no, and that's not even a segment for us who's bad in the East. That's easy. But in the West, I just feel like you're going to have some teams that, you know, traditional thinking at the start of the season, you're going to think, oh, that's a good team. They'll make the playoffs, and they won't. The Thunder is probably the best example of this. I I think the Thunder may not make the playoffs, and they're going to have, like, two top, like, 20 guys and still not make the playoffs. But that's just how the, uh, the West is. I also think hot take. There's a chance the Lakers may not may not make the playoffs. Uh, I don't recall what exactly my my sort of claim was on that. I'm pretty sure I was saying barely get in, um, but I don't. I, I never thought that they were a lock for the playoffs. Um, the sort of consensus opinion of people who, who write and think and talk about basketball um, was that they they're a lock for the playoffs. It's LeBron. Uh, I don't think that's the case. So I think we can count them out, and hopefully they realize that soon. You know, put in the rooks for more, more playing time, develop some some players out. Um, yep. to, if they make a trade, they make a trade. That's fine. But just develop your young players. See where they're going because you're not winning it this year. So why not? I'll trade for a big guy. I mean, my God. That's like the first time that's been uttered in the past five years. Um, <laughs> yeah, trade for a big guy. Uh, all right, next segment. This is the way too early rookie of the year discussion. Levi. Who is your number one right now candidate for Rookie of the Year? With my heart, it's Luca. Uh, he Luca. Uh, he 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 probably statistically is not there. It's probably Aiden. Um, I think he's had a little bit more gaudy stats. Uh, I think if you watch the games, there's he's showing flashes of more advanced things more sophisticated things, more things you expect of an older player, um, and things that will set them up well long-term. But it's probably Aiden. What about you? Luca. Yeah, Luca. Although Trey Young needs to be in the discussion because that, that dude can ball. He is chucking up shots like nobody's business. And he got a- <laughs> he's a chucker. You're right. He's a chucker. But, he, he- I mean, he's also a maker. Like, I mean, he, the dude can shoot, man. Like, uh, and he's – also, like, the thing about Trey Young that people don't talk about enough is he's a distributor. Like, and he might, like, you know, you have the, the, the comparisons with Steph Curry, right? But I think at this point in his career, he's a better distributor than Steph was. It's probably true. Um, I mean, what, four games in? Um, he probably was, <laughs> probably was better. Well, I'm um, also talking about college, right? Like, like yeah. what we saw from him in college. He averaged, like, 11 assists in college. That is true. Um, he's he, he's chucking it up, which we sort of kid about because I mean, it's Atlanta. The team's doesn't have a whole lot whole lot going for it, so of course he had the green light, and why not? Um, he, he's making them. Uh, I I do like the, that he feels confident in his shot. He misses, he shoots again. That's great because someone needs to shoot <laughs> like those shots. Me. Like <laughs> me and pickup. <laughs> Any other dark horses? Because to my mind, no one's really jumped out just yet but of course it's four or five games in um well jared jackson's playing pretty good for memphis he is playing pretty good um i think some of our 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 preseason sort of dark horse picks like uh knox have been nothing special so far well he's hurt yeah he's hurt I, i think i still think you have to think about marvin bagley he hasn't figured it out yet 
But he's on a team where he's going to get plenty of playing time, plenty of shots. And if he starts to piece it together, he's a big dude. He's strong. He's got good touch. He's got handles. He could potentially start putting up some big numbers if he puts it all together. 100% agree. Um, and I don't have any names to sort of drop and sort of seem seem super sophisticated about uh, about rookies. But I am looking forward to finding out who's going to be the person from sort of 10 to 20 range that just jumps out. Because um, it happens pretty much every year. Sometimes it skips a year, but we're going to have a stud in the sort of 10 to 20 range, and it's always a surprise. Uh, some people are more, more right than not, but I'll always love yeah, that. Yeah, I don't know who that's going to be. And those those cats usually jump out later because they don't get the minutes early in the season, right? Because they weren't drafted high. Um, but like I guess last year it was like uh, it was Mitchell and Kuzma. I think were the two big ones. I think we're going to get some folks like that too. But yeah, I, I'm not giving up on on uh, Marvin Bagley, even though he's a Duke guy. Boo. Um, but I, I think I think you have to. I mean, it's got to be Aiden and Doncic right now. They're they're the one and two. Agreed. Okay, well, that moves us into the way too early MVP discussion. I'm going to have you go first on this one. <laughs> uh, well, I'll tell you what I think is going to happen. Because the NBA, NBA MVP voting is really interesting to me because it seems like the voters are so fickle. They're like, well, I voted for him last year. I don't want to vote for him this year, right? Like they, They're always looking for somebody new. And with that logic, I think it's probably a two-man race between Giannis and Anthony Davis. But from what I've seen so far, and you know, in, in, in recent years what I've seen, it, it would it's shocking to me if Steph Curry's not in the conversation. I mean, I, I don't know why. He won, two, he won two MVPs, and now all of a sudden we've decided he can't win another one. But, like, I don't know of a more valuable player. I mean... <laughs> He completely changes the game. He, of course, the spacing, the quick scoring, the facilitation, uh, the drive into the lane. I mean, I mean, Steph is amazing. So I, I hope he's in that conversation. But what I think is going to happen is you're going to have Anthony Davis and Giannis, uh, Giannis, and those are the one and two. What do you think? Those are probably the consensus picks so far. Um, to your point, I do think Steph Curry. Hopefully, he does get some some some, some love because he. You mentioned all the sort of things he does on the court. Uh, the things he doesn't do, like worry necessarily about shots, about be uh, passive aggressive to Kevin Durant, uh, to his other teammates. He's sort of a, his leadership on that team and his ability to sort of sublimate his ego and and fit into this machine they've they've constructed. Uh, that's the amazing part, right? Um, I mean, look at LeBron James. He's probably the greatest player of our generation, uh, and he's he. he He's subtweeting folks and tagging folks on Instagram. Um. <laughs> yeah, no, stuff for that because Steph is really good at you know laying back, allowing other people to shine. But what's interesting to me is that he's done that right the last couple of years with KD, with Draymond, with Clay. But is there any doubt that that's his team? I mean, that is that's that's Steph's team. That is true, um, and and to some point, right? That's uh, that's the mark of leadership is you don't have to take all the shots, but it's ultimately due to you. Um, so I hope he's in the conversation. Uh, and if he keeps up this streak, he keeps chucking up uh, shots from the logo and they go in at a 50% clip, then uh, he will be because uh, was it 2000, was it 2014? Uh, his sort of disgusting scoring season when everyone was. Yeah, that was a breakout year. Yeah. Um, that was a fun year. 
that was fantastic. Texting all your buddies or sort of, you know, checking ESPN or, or you know, since we're not old people, uh, going to YouTube. Uh, it's, it was a fun year. So you can keep that yeah, up. Yeah, I know. Like, it's funny. Like, when stuff gets hot, it's like a Chinese fire drill, but with our, fan, our friends. <laughs> it's like, hey, you, 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 go look. And everybody's like, oh, you're out to dinner. You need to get to a television quick because stuff got hot, right? And like a 50-point game that we referenced earlier, it was exactly like that. Because I, I don't know about you, but I didn't watch the game uh, until about halftime. And I was checking Twitter, and people were like, you need to get to a television now. And, like, Steph, when he gets hot, it's appointment viewing. Uh, but, I, yeah, I mean, I think that he – with KD on the team in the last couple of years, I don't think he gets enough credit. Uh, I, I, I think he's in the LeBron conversation. I think he's in the conversation for the best player in the league. And I hope he gets MVP consideration. But, I, but off of Steph – uh, I think Anthony Davis and Giannis right now are, are probably the leaders in the clubhouse. Um, it's going to be a little hard for Anthony Davis, I think, because I don't know if the Pelicans are going to make the playoffs. Uh, we've talked about how deep the West is. Uh, if they do make it, they're certainly not going to be more than about a six seed. And, uh, you know, let's say the Pelicans are an eight seed, Levi, and he averages 28 and 12. Can he be the MVP? It'll be hard, uh, especially with the score numbers so far. Um, I think I, I love his, his play style. He sort of does everything. He's If you were starting starting a team today and you wanted to win for the next 10 years, he's one of the top five picks, guaranteed. Um, if not, oh, yeah. If, if not number probably one. number one. Yeah. yeah. Um, you can make a case for, for, for Giannis, but I'd, I'd – Every day I'd pick Anthony Davis over, over him. He's so versatile. Uh, he can solve a lot what? of problems. What? Whoa! Every day. Every day. Oh, shitting on the Greek freak. I, I'm not shitting on him. I mean, he's, he's obviously a great player. He's he's one of the top top five picks uh, start a franchise with, right? Um, but I think Anthony Davis right now solves so many problems and allows you a lot of flexibility building on a roster and just makes your team good in more ways than, than Giannis does. Okay, so let me – I'm going to predict your problems with Giannis. Can't shoot. Number one. Two, defense is substance. Num- that's up there. Okay, all right. I got well, first off, Anthony Davis does take possessions off on defense. I know that he, when he decides to lock down, he can. Um, but I agree with you. I mean, Giannis, Giannis needs to develop a shot. He's trying to, obviously. He's taking a lot of threes early on in the season. Uh, he's not necessarily making them, but it, he's showing that it's on his radar. He's trying to do it. But, you know, Giannis, <laughs> like in the vein of like a Ben Simmons, like I don't know that he needs to shoot. As long as he is athletic as he is right now, um, I mean, he can get to the rim anytime he wants to. It's, it's amazing. I, I agree. He doesn't necessarily need to. You don't need to have your, your sort of stud player be a defensive stopper. Um, you know, to our previous conversation. Not everybody can be Michael Jordan. Yeah, I don't like that argument. <laughs> um, but, yeah, of course he takes takes plays off. I mean, it's, that's, that's just reasonable. It's conserving energy. Um, but when he, when he needs to, he can get a stop. I do think he solves more problems. I, th- I think Giannis – Let's just put it this way. Redrafting the NBA, the Dallas Mavericks with the number one pick takes Giannis. I'm not going to feel bad. I'm not going to feel upset. I'm not going to re- regret it. Good pick. Okay. 
I was sort of thinking about that recently, um, just thinking about greatest of all time in, in these discussions. And people get it's great conversation and sort of debate that you know, who's your top five, who's your starting five. Um, I mean, the real thing we need to really think about is the fact, you know, number six, number ten, you'd be happy to have them on your team. Um, so we're sort of argued over over marginal details, um, marginal differences. All excellent players. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what sports talk is. All right, look. I, it, <laughs> Mentioning arguing over something stupid. Here's our next segment. The way too early MVP discussion for next year. That's right. I want to talk about who's going to be the MVP next year. I thought the topic was, is Joe Ingles uh, perhaps the MVP this year? Um, (laughs) Joe Ingles! Better shooter than Steph Curry. He's the Australian (laughs) Steph Curry. Next year? I mean, what are, we, what are we talking about here? This is absolute insanity. Um, I mean, Giannis and, and Anthony Davis have to be up there, right? Um, they're young enough. Oh, no, no, no. Because uh, one of them is going to probably win the MVP this year, which means they can't win it next year because of the fickle MVP voters. Here, I'm, I'm throwing it out there. Ben Simmons, MVP next year. Contrarian vote. Okay. Is he going to develop a jump shot? I don't think he needs to. I think he needs to for MVP. Well, well, okay. Well, well, let me let me throw this out there. Joel Embiid. <laughs> He's definitely a social media MVP. Um, well, I, here's I, something I, I've noticed about Joel: is that the other players hate him. I, all this talking that he does in the offseason, like they <laughs> they have come out ready to beat his ass up. He every time, like I've, I've watched, uh, I think they've played four games now. I've watched two of them, and. Like especially that Celtics game, which was the opening night, like the Celtics wanted to beat his ass up. And I know it's just because he talks. Like he just talks all offseason about how great he is. Uh, I think recently Andre Jumman uh, talked about how fat he is and how shape he is. Yep. <laughs> uh, I mean, Joel has skills, but, you know, he's got a lot of enemies in the league. He has a lot of enemies. Uh, and as we saw uh, together uh, last year, watching them play the Celtics. Um, there are teams that just want to sun Joel. Al yep. Horford wants to sun Joel. Um, he, he wants to demolish him. Um, I enjoyed watching the game. Um, I think it was first game of the season uh, for the Celtics versus the 76ers. And, um, I just referenced that game. And there were, there were definitely plays where Al Horford did things that Al, Al Horford doesn't, want, doesn't normally do. Uh, mm-hmm. Which was which was very funny to watch. He, he clearly wanted to, to sort of shove the shove the in a little bit deeper. Uh, following up. To <laughs> What's the, hilarious to me though is that like the casual NBA fan would not think that Al Horford could son Joel Embiid, but he totally can. Like oh, when yeah. Al Horford gets up for it, he can he he can shut down Joel Embiid and he can score on it. But sort of harkening back to. Uh, LeBron going to the Heat. I mean, I think we need an enemy in the NBA. You know, we need a villain. Uh, if if Joel, if his if his shoulders can carry that burden, I'll I'll allow that to happen because I think it'll, it'll make it more fun. Um, hopefully, it doesn't overwhelm himself. You know, bite off a little bit more than he can chew. But uh, we do need a villain. So if he's ready for it, then it'll make for fun basketball. <laughs> he's a villain, but uh, I think I have another candidate for a villain. Uh, and that's the entire Houston Rockets team. They are an unlikable team. 
Let's just put it that way. <laughs> first off, like, I know it's been covered by, like, people, people that are main times, but they're not fun to watch because it's a lot of stand-around basketball while James Harden travels and takes jump shots or uh, gets fouled or, quote, air quotes fouled. But, <laughs> like, I'm look, man, I'm not, like, a, a sort of, like, all right, what have you done for me lately guy, but I have never liked Chris Paul. I think Chris Paul is very unlikable, and I root against him constantly. And the fact that he's now on the Rockets, and they've added Carmelo Anthony, who is the all-time I still think I'm good guy when you're not. Like, we watch Carmelo Anthony, still not good. And you add to the fact that they're just a stand-around team who refuses to take mid-range, like, jumpers. They're just threes and layups. Like, i I got to tell you, my least favorite team in the league, the Houston Rockets. That's fair. At least, least favorite good team, right? Um, you don't necessarily. Yeah, yeah. yeah so um, you don't necessarily want to watch uh, Chicago basketball. Um, it'd probably take Houston, Houston over Chicago, uh, at least at this point. But um, yeah, Bobby unlike- Portis. Bobby Portis coming on. OG Bobby Portis. Yeah, yeah. He punches his teammates and he has a jump shot. Um, but they are unlikable. They're they're un- unfun for non-fans of them. Um, they are sort of villainy. I mean, if Chris Paul wants to go full villain and just start, you know, putting a finger in, in everyone's face, that'd be fun. Um, but that would spice things up, right? Um, give it a little bit of sass. Mm-hmm. Okay, so- yeah, no, I, I think that the Rockets are my least favorite team in the league. You're right that I probably would rather watch them than the Bulls, although the Bulls have some pieces. Um uh, but yeah, no, I mean, it, the Rockets are, are the worst. Okay, let's move to the next segment, which is I'll stop watching the NBA if. Levi, I will stop watching the NBA if the Lakers make the Western Conference Finals. That is a great first offering. Um, that'll definitely be a conspiracy if that happens. Uh, oh yeah, it'll be it'll be like Lakers Kings, right? Early two thousand. <laughs> um, <laughs> I can't imagine a scenario that ha- that happens. Great first pick. I'm gonna follow that up with it's selfish for me, but if Luca, I will stop watching the NBA if Luca blows out his ACL or knee or anything there. <laughs> That's good. I'll stop watching the NBA if. Trey Young gets Rookie of the Year. <laughs> because you know if he does, it's only because he's taken 25 shots a game. Uh, 25 on the low end. Uh, <laughs> plenty of shots <laughs> to go true. around there. Um, That's true. In today's NBA, it's probably like 35. Um, I'll stop watching the NBA if Donald Trump deports Giannis. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> Giannis... <laughs> can't be the number one on the list of, like, like it's got to be Enos Cantor, right? Like, Enos Cantor is going to get deported before Giannis. I don't know. I think, I, I think Donald Trump signed with Turkey recently, um, although uh, Enos Cantor has his own problems there. Um, I agree he's at the most at risk in, in a sense, right? Uh, but it would be the most sort of out left field. He, he, he wants to rally the base for, for, uh, for the election either this year or in two years and just deport Giannis. Um, you know what it'll be is like Giannis will very like he'll be like really clueless and he'll just like just be walking near Hillary Clinton 
just like shake her hand and not even know who she is. And then boom, he's out of here. Like, <laughs> anyway, all right. Yeah. So if Giannis gets deported, okay. For me, um, I will stop watching the NBA if Dwayne Wade gets a farewell tour. That's a guarantee, right? No. What? I think it's almost a guarantee. He, if he did it two years ago, maybe. But he's been on my. This is like his third year of the farewell tour. I get it, but basketball isn't as sentimental as baseball, so we're not giving out bats and chairs and other weird things like that. Uh, but I think he's going to get one. Um, I don't see how that's not the case. I mean, I, well, let me put it to you. Let's say me and you are at the uh, a Charlotte Hornets game against the Heat, and he's being taken out of the game in the fourth quarter. Would you stand up and give the uh, the round of applause? Absolutely not. Yeah, neither. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> well, you wouldn't because they, they stole the Mavericks title back in mid-2000s. In, independent of that, I don't, th- I, I don't think it's kosher of opposing fan bases to be cheering uh, other players. Um, like, you can respect it, you can enjoy it, but you don't need to cheer. Come on now. Have some dignity. That's a fair point, and I lost all respect for the Miami Heat when they retired Michael Jordan's jersey. That was one of the more, more embarrassing organizational uh, moves that I've, I can recall. It was absolutely appalling. Um, <laughs> so that's up there. Uh, but also on the list is the Hawks doing a thank you tribute video to Dwight Howard. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? Oh, that's awful. <laughs> All right. Do you have any more? I'll stop watching the NBA, yes? Uh, Dwight Howard re- returns to MVP, uh, MVP or all-star caliber um, or form. Um, I can't stand him as a player. His jokes are old. He's he's annoying. If he's gr- if he's great this year, I don't want to watch him. I just don't care. Yeah, that's a fair point. But although if, like, if Dwight Howard – is MVP caliber this year. I'm going to be doing the thing like, you know, like when you're watching like the folks, I don't know, like you watch the Matrix movies and people started to figure out that they're in the Matrix and they start looking at their own hand like, is this real? Like, that's what I would be doing. (laughs) Is this now? Like, (laughs) like the actual reality, Dwight Howard is an MVP candidate in 2018. I don't think it's going to happen. I especially don't think it's going to happen because there's no way he get that many touches with John Wall and Bradley Beal on his team because those two fuckers, they are in a dick measuring contest that is now three years old. <laughs> yes, they've absolutely punched each other or at least got close to throwing punches in, in, in practice. Um, your point is fair. He probably won't get enough touches, but just the concept of Dwight Howard doing his little, his little cutesy smile on ESPN yeah. every day, um, throwing his old sort of dad jokes out there. That just disgusts me. Um, to, to your point, though, that would prove we live in a simulation. That's not reality. That's <laughs> someone creating that because that's not real. Okay, my last one. I'll stop watching the NBA if Gordon Hayward was out as Nate, like his ankle or his knee or his hip. If Gordon Hayward gets seriously injured again, I, I, I'm, I'm out. That's a fair one. That's a fair one. It would definitely feel bad. I will say, though, 
would you feel the same way about, say, Paul George? Yeah. Yeah, I would. I like Paul George a lot. I mean, first of all, Paul George is amazing because he was going to sign with the Lakers until he went to a Nas concert, and then he just switched. Like, that's that's the most, like, regular human human shit. Like, that's something I would do. It'd be like, Levi, look, I, I can't sign with your team. I'm going to sign with this other team. And you'd be like, all right, well, that's cool, but we're going to go to a Drake concert. And I'd be like, oh, anyway, I'll just sign with you. Like, that, <laughs> that's not such a human thing to do. And now he's regretting it, by the way, which is hilarious to me. Now he's like, well, yeah, I wanted to go to the Clippers, but, you know, I went to a Drake, I went to a Nas concert, so, you know. <laughs> so you're, you don't buy into the conspiracy theory that the NBA came down and was like, hey, Lakers, you guys have fiddled with this. You, you made it very clear you're tampering with players. He can't sign with you this year. Well, it falls apart because he could have signed with the Clippers. He could have, but I mean, it's the Clippers. And that's, I mean, the whole point was that he wanted to get to L.A., right? Like, that's where he's from. That was the whole conspiracy that, like, he wanted to get to back home. Well, he could have, and the Clippers are a really good team. Matter of fact, Clippers are probably better than the Lakers this year. Like, but no, he just went to an Oz concert, and he just signed with them for four years. Like, it seems like the, like, the, the ultimate, like, sort of, man, I just, I had a lot of, lot to drink last night. I really enjoyed that. <laughs> Let me just hang around here. In terms of bringing it back to, um, Gordon Hayward, I, I just don't think I'd feel the same way. And I, I think it's because I don't – he has this sort of, like, vulnerable aura to him. Like, you feel bad for the guy. Um, White guy. In, in, like, a way that you wouldn't – we don't, as, as sort of basketball-watching culture, feel sorry for other players, I feel. Um, I mean, I obviously don't want people to get hurt, but I just don't, don't feel that sort of close to Gordon Hayward. He seems like a sort of weird, nerdy guy. That's yeah, cool. he is. But like for me, it's like anytime somebody has a horrific injury like that, that's they 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 get on my good list, right? Like I'm still rooting for Kevin Ware. I still hope Kevin Ware gets in the league. True, true. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, no. I, I definitely want him to do well. I mean, I want everyone to do well. I want you know good players being healthy. Uh, that's the ide- ideal world. Um, but I just don't feel don't feel that strongly about him. It's like yeah, that's fine. Plus, Boston has enough depth. Well, yeah, but you also don't like Boston. I actually do like Boston a little bit, though. You like the city, but you don't like Celtics. I like the concept of them. <laughs> I like the concept of them. Nice. Uh, I think Brad Stevens is a great coach. Um, he is, I, no doubt. I mean, Rick Carlisle, I enjoy, but I would probably prefer Brad Stevens to him. Brad Stevens Wait a second, you enjoy Rick Carlisle? I do, I do. You're the only human being that's ever uttered that sentence. Nice. Including his wife. He is an <laughs> unpleasant man. <laughs> he can be an unpleasant man. Uh, and he's rough on guards. Um, but I, I, I like him. I like him. I think he's a very good coach, um, which is not the same thing as liking the, liking the coach itself. Um, but I do like him. Uh, but I do think Brad Stevens is just a joy to watch. And so I get the concept of, of the Celtics. Uh, maybe if I ever move there, then I'll – I'll suddenly become a big Celtics fan. You're not allowed to do that. I, I've not given you approval to move anywhere. Fair enough. I didn't. I, I didn't clear it with the league. Um. <laughs> All right. Look, let's move to the, the final segment, which is the uh, fantasy basketball update. All right. So everybody listening, me and Levi Baxter have been in a fantasy league now for God knows how long. I mean, it's been over ten years, and every year. Um, we draft 
and then we both think that we're going to win the championship, and we usually don't. So we drafted this week. Uh, I think I'm going to win the championship. Leva, do you think you're going to win the championship? Uh, I don't feel that confident. So uh, your setup there was good. So we've been in this league for, for 10 years. Recently I've been – Thank you. I'm very good at radio. On sort of a, a downtrend recently. Uh, but historically, I have almost always come in second place. I will always make it to, to the final round of the playoffs, come in second place, uh, and never win. Uh, you basically intimated there that, that, that I, I have won at some point. I have not. I have never won. I've never won a year. Um, <laughs> I have. Second place, second place, second place. Um, sometimes it's for fluky things. Uh, but, yes, I know you have. Uh, I think my team's great. I think uh, I just checked the score right now. Um, I'm up 8-1. We do play a week to week. I'm up seven two. We do play a week to week league, which is the sort of like novice version of uh, of fantasy sports. Uh, but I take it it's it's more exciting, right? Yeah. No. So I'm up seven two. Uh, you're up eight one. So it looks like we both have good teams. Uh, let's talk through who we picked um, and give an explanation of how we're going to beat each other. Um, or at least I'll do that with you. First of all, I got the third pick. I picked Anthony Davis, and the guy who got the first pick traded me Giannis Antetokounmpo, which was a godsend because, you know, he's a stat suffer. So really good there. Also, I usurped Luka Doncic from you, Mavs fan, and he's been incredible. And then I just took the uh, the Boston guys. I've got Gordon Hayward. I've got uh, Kyrie Irving. And then I picked Gary Harris, who, by the way, out there in Denver, is balling. I mean, Gary Harris is like a like a sleeper for the All-Star team. Uh, you know, then I got myself uh, Brandon Ingram, who, uh, if he can stop pushing people, he's pretty good. And Hassan Whiteside, and if he can stop being um, catching feelings, he's pretty good. So, yeah, Levi, I mean, the moral of this segment here is I have an incredible team. I'm probably going to beat you really bad, and I'm probably going to win the championship. I'm glad you're confident. It doesn't work out too too well for you, Austin, enough. But uh, I'm glad you're confident. <laughs> uh, in about about three or four weeks, you'll be just trolling the waiver wire, tr- trying to get trying to pick the guard from Miami that's going to have a hot game against against the Clippers. Um, <laughs> that's true. I did I did draft Larry Nance Jr. Let's so <laughs> let's settle down, Terry. <laughs> it is it, fantasy. So first of all, the people who listeners who made it here. They've entirely tuned out. Nothing is less interesting than hearing about someone else's fantasy team, no matter the sport. Um, it's interesting to us because we care about it, but uh, other people don't care whatsoever. Um, also, my team is stock ready to go, sir. Um, John Wall, who I don't like as a player necessarily, but he puts up numbers. Wait a second. I'm, I'm going to stop it there. Can we, can we talk about what's going on with John Wall's hair? <laughs> what the hell is he doing? Uh, John Wall looks rough. Let's just put it. He looks way. homeless. He does. And I, fat. Yes, he looks like a person who isn't a stud, an elite athlete. Um, but he, you know, whatever, man. I'm not judging appearances here. <laughs> I am. So I've got John Wall, Devin Booker. I think this is gonna be chucking him up. Hey, wait a second. Yo, so Devin Booker, remember when he scored 70 points? I do remember that. 
Wiggins you remember I texted you and I was like, what is going on? Like, Devin Booker scored 70 points. Like, that's the thing that in 15 years is going to be like, like real, real, like deep cut trivia. Um, I, I, I do distinctly remember getting the text. I was, I was at some event or somewhere and I got the text and I remember like thinking, what are you talking about? Like, huh? <laughs> that's, that's a number that's too gaudy for such a young player, for pretty much any player. I mean, yeah. Um, but yeah, he's going to check him up. Um, he's putting up solid assist numbers for me. I'm, I'm enjoying that. I have Kawhi Leonard, so I don't have a lot of joy on this team. But I'm I'm okay with that. You do hate Kawhi. I don't hate Kawhi. I love Kawhi, but he is not an enjoyable player necessarily to watch, except when he decides to get in his head to destroy players defensively. Like I can watch clips on YouTube of Kawhi Leonard just shutting someone down, just deciding to steal the ball. Um, so many times. It's, it's Hey, can we talk about Kawhi for a second? I don't think Kawhi looks 100%. I don't think he does either. Um, but he's still looking pretty good, um, which I guess justifies him or, or, or sort of, yeah, sort of justifies his claim of of not really being healthy last year. Still weird. Very weird situation. Don't quite understand it. Uh, if you lose the locker room in San Antonio, I don't, I don't quite get it. <laughs> no, I don't know how you do that here. But he really doesn't look 100%. He doesn't look like he has the legs under him. But could just be because he's out of shape. Um, but Ooh. I mean, you don't play professional basketball for a little while. It's got to play yourself in shape. Well, you know, he he did he couldn't go to the San Antonio playoff games because he was training, so he should be in shape. Well, he's allegedly rehabbing, right? Um, allegedly. That's, that's that's the claim. Don't know if it's true. <laughs> Who else you got? Marvin Bagley. We'll see. I like him. He's he's one of the rookies um, that you have to take a rookie on the team. You have to sort of make a bet there. Uh, you got Luca. I got Marvin, Marvin Bagley. We'll see. We'll see how it turns. Luca. Other noteworthy players or players that I enjoy: uh, Zach Levine. So if you you tell here, I'm sort of sorting the points. Um, I'm getting Bucky. Yo, you. Ah, oh, that's a good pick, Zach Levine. On that Bulls team, man, he's going to put up a bunch of garbage numbers. Oh, absolutely. Um, and these are not these are not good team numbers, but I, this is fantasy. We're atheists about that sort of thing. Yeah. No, I agree. All right. So that's your that's your team. Yeah, I've got some other players here or there, uh, but nothing that really makes me excited. Eric Gordon, I mean, we'll see where that goes. He was sort of, sort of a low pick for me. We'll see if he puts up the same numbers he did last year. Yo, um, Eric Gordon is a very interesting story because he would he was like balling when he first got in the league. I thought he was done, and now he, like I, he must have got that like Kobe German like knee thing because <laughs> he's like back. Eric Gordon is back. Um, yeah, he he sort of like. He must have been mentored by like Lou Williams or like you know perennial six man of the year candidate because he set himself up for a good career just being you know the scorer off the bench. Um, I will say the one in looking at it now, one player that does sort of jump off off the page, at least of the interesting note, Julius Randle. Julius Randle is falling in New Orleans. Um, yeah, I've always liked him. I thought he was okay. I couldn't quite understand why he didn't put up actual numbers in L.A. Um, Kobe, eh, probably. But he, he's he's just 
I mean, New Orleans is off to a hot start, so um, this may be a little bit of a flash in the pan, but I'm I'm excited about his play. Yeah, I've always liked his length. Uh, he's he's a big long guy who can shoot and get to the rim, plays pretty good defense. Yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm a Julius Randle fan. Levi, I like your team. I think your team's going to be pretty good. I don't have the high end talent. I don't have sort of like the, not like me. Yeah, Giannis or AD, uh, both of them would be you know, the players you sort of hang your hat on. Um, I don't have the high end talent, but I've got a lot of middling players, a lot of middling to to, to pretty darn good players at least from the fantasy perspective. Um, so we'll see. Okay. Well, that ends the segment that no one wanted, which is us talking about our fantasy teams. Um, <laughs> Levi, do you have anything else you want to cover uh, in this episode of Mangum Talks Hoops? Nothing comes to mind, man. I think it's, it's an exciting season. Uh, we'll see if, if people keep chucking up points. Um, I'm glad I'm glad it's back. I'm glad that some some sports to watch put on the background. You're making dinner. Uh, you're relaxing after work. It's a fantastic time of year. We have the Christmas in the air. Autumn has arrived in North Carolina. Um, it's just it's the best time of year. We don't have college football to love. Uh, we don't have pro football to love. Those are sort of perennial fall fall sports. sports yeah. Um, yeah. For most people, it's that. For us, it's basketball. What about agreed? You? Agreed. I'm happy basketball is back. Um, I'm going to be watching a lot of the narratives we've talked about today. Uh, we'll do a pod probably every maybe couple weeks, check in on the NBA. Um, I can talk about how I'm beating your ass in fantasy or um, how I'm crushing it on my uh, my NBA bets. Uh, but, yeah, man, this has been fun. I'm glad we finally did it. And I'm glad I'm finally recorded it this time because the first time we did it, uh, we did a whole podcast, and I didn't record it correctly. So. <laughs> Knock on wood. Knock on wood. It's been great, man. Yeah, it's been good. Okay, everybody, if you stuck with us this long, um, check out our other Mangum Talks podcast. We've got Mangum Read. That's led by BJ and Spencer. We've got Whiskey on the Weekends with myself, Levi, Spencer, and BJ. And you've got the GOT Got Questions podcast with Spencer and Lee. Uh, and if you want to give us any feedback, go to www.mangumtalks.com, upper right-hand corner. Click Contact Us. Give us your questions. Give us your comments. And you can follow us uh, on Twitter at Mangum Talks or our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Mangum Talks. Thanks, everybody. See you next time.